Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 43. This is what episode? The Troy Palomalo episode. Mm-hmm. That's a legend right there. So we got to do this one right because actually growing up, he was one of my favorite players. And, uh, Let's just take a minute to reminisce. Like, do you remember Troy Palomalo? I don't think people do. I don't think they remember the one-hand interception versus uh, Philip Rivers in the goodness. snow. I don't think they remember when he jumped over the line. Perfect timing, fourth down, touchdown saving. And the hair. Do you remember the hair? I don't think they remember when he got the interception and the Kansas City Chiefs offensive player grabbed him by the hair and then they ended up, you know, saying that it was oh, yeah, legal. Was part of the jersey. Mm-hmm. Troy Palomalu brought us a lot, a lot, a lot of good times, man. But uh, unfortunately, he's not playing anymore. But we got great safeties in the game still. So we'll watch them. You know, Derwin James is great. Um, Wait for him to come back. Give me a Harrison, safety. How did I know you were going Harrison Smith? I'll give it to him. No, he's a baller. He's definitely a baller. Malik Hooker's my boy. You know what I'm saying? Colts Nation. We got the god Andrew Lux jersey up there. I would say Rashad, but he'll probably get traded within the next five Yeah, months. I wouldn't say Rashad yeah. at all. I wouldn't say Minka either. <laughs> the Steelers' new uh, corner linebacker um, safety guy. Who didn't want to play corner linebacker safety for the Dolphins? Oh. What was he? Pick, the, uh, pick 11? The, the, the free first-round draft pick for next year? Pick 11? Pick 11. Normal. Hey, if you don't want to be here, you know, you can't force it upon him. It's good to get him out. You got a new draft pick where pick eight might want to stay. You know what I'm saying? And resign. So We got three going the next year. We got one from Texans. We got one from Pittsburgh. And we got ours. So. How do you feel about the trade? Let's talk about um, Minka Fitzpatrick. Let's talk about the Dolphins. I was going to start this episode asking you if you think the Dolphins are going to go 0-16 this year. And it's a true, honest question. No, I think we'll go I think we'll go 2-14. I think we'll split one with the Jets. And I think we have a legit chance of beating the Bengals. And we, we actually might have a legit chance of beating the Steelers. I mean, Steelers aren't looking. I mean, they'll have Mason Rudolph. That defense isn't that great. They got Fitzpatrick. Right. I mean, so... 2 and 14, 3 and 13 is what you're looking at? I, I had us going into the year, I had us winning three tops. Right. I remember. So, I don't know. I mean, the way you guys are playing right now, I mean, I can see why I took notes and said, are the Dolphins going to go 0 16? See, my whole thing is this is so crazy because I see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's deservingly so because we played a bad two weeks of football. Embarrassing but, two weeks. Like 110 to 10? Oh, yeah. But when you see other teams like fall out and then they talk about ESPN and people want to jump the wagon and be like, oh, are they a playoff contender? Are they a Super Bowl contender? People are like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. It's, it's only been two weeks. Right, right. So don't get me wrong. I understand. So we're not the worst team in the league. Yeah, but not, no, no, we are the worst team in the league. But to say we're the worst team ever and it's only been two uh, weeks. I mean, I mean there's been a Dolphins team literally – one and fifteen. So do we not remember the zero and sixteen Lions? Exactly. The, the, the Cleveland Browns that won one game in two seasons. Come on, let's let's pump the brakes. It's been I yeah, I respect bad. that. I mean, it's bad, but first of all, we knew well, it was going to be this bad too. We're trying to be bad. So imagine if we try to be good. This is part of the tank for Tua, not tank for Trevor. And see, this is my thing because on the way over here, actually, I was talking to a Dolphin fan yesterday, and he was asking me, "Where'd you meet him?" 
you know, where, where I meet all the other Dolphin fans. We just, you know. Just walking around the streets, moping around. Yeah, if you see a guy with his head down. If it's raining outside and he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing no, the aqua. <laughs> That good old orange. Yeah, yeah, that good old orange. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather the gator orange than the damn dolphin orange. It's one of the same. No, the, the, no, the dolphin orange is like lighter. No, but he legit asked me, he's like, how do I feel about tanking? I'm like, you know what? I think the dolphins are like the team like with the most uh, seven to nine seasons because that's all we've been. Yeah. Like, like you guys deserve to tank is what you're getting at? Not deserve it, but we need to because <laughs> when we went to the playoffs in 08, after we mm. got back from from 115, 111 to five, and then the team just dispersed and mm. we couldn't keep it. And then Adam Gase, I think it was his first or second year, 10 and six, yeah. you know, kind of surprised everybody, but still can't sustain it. You need to be able to sustain your, you know, your greatness. Yeah, sustain for sure. Your, as a franchise. Yeah, you need longevity. And why I say... And we've never had a hard factory reset. Right. What I mean by you deserve it is you've never had it. You know, it's not like, like you go into like it now. Else, right. Know. You go into it now and it's like, well, you know, they've been in this, you know, Philadelphia 76ers, Cleveland Browns. Perfect example. Mm-hmm. You guys have as much cap space as any team. You guys have draft capital. Um, so there's no reason why I don't think you should have to tank like you don't have to tank for two three years you know what i'm saying this should no. be a two year I mean, maximum we're set for the next two years you're set as far as, as, far as what you have now what you do is the different story and that's gonna oh, Chris sure. greer you know brian flores yeah, yeah, yeah. but um i think you know brian flores is the guy for the job to try sure. to turn this around sure. chris greer has I mean, he's accumulated all this cap space and he's accumulated all this draft capital. So I can't, you know, put anything on him as far as negativity Man, going into next year. If I can live past the days of Jeff Ireland, I'm pretty sure I can uh, live with Chris Green. At least he's trying. At least he actually knows what he wants and what he's going to do. All right. Where Jeff Ireland's kids kind of like just grabbing for things, kind of like, oh, let me, let me sign, yeah, let me just sign this guy. Let me sign Mike Wallace and mm-hmm. make him. You know the number one receiver because yeah, we're the Dolphins. Yeah, running running vertical is the way to go. Yeah. So, so yeah. let me ask you this: If it were to come down to it, Miami Dolphins 0-15 going into Week 17 mm-hmm. on the road versus New England. Mm-hmm. New England has a lock. They're looking like the Super Bowl favorites at the moment. You know, Brady doesn't have to play. Michelle, AB, but do they? Does Bill Belichick know that the Dolphins are only 15 and, and he just goes in there like, eh, if we lose this one, we lose it? Or is he going into that game like, we're about to put them out of their misery? No, Bill Belichick doesn't care. Because Bill Belichick, no. About Bill, the Dolphins? No, yeah, he doesn't care about, okay, we, we, we gave them that only win. Do you think Brady cares? No, because they care about the Super Bowl. That's what they care about. And they would never let something as pride or ego stop them from winning the Super Bowl. They're not going to throw Tom Brady or Julian Edelman in there. Let it would get, be let, fun. Let them get hurt. It would be fun. It would be fun. That's all. But then again, you never know because, I mean, we've seen it with uh, the year that they won 16-0. They had their starters in the last game. Even though they I mean, if they're, if they're at the 15-0 and, and you guys are at the 0-15, then obviously 
they're playing for something more than just making you guys own 16. And I'm sure they're going to look at that in the back of their head. Like, yeah, we'll go 16 and 0 while we make sure they go own 16. But I see what you're saying as far as, you know, not letting pride or ego get in the way of what's more important and what's always been important getting the Lombardi, uh, especially when you're like comparing, you know, fish to shark. So, or dolphin to shark. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the concept or idea that starting a quarterback too early can ruin them in their career. Perfect example, we're already on the Dolphins, Josh Rosen. We're seeing Daniel Jones as well getting the start this week. We have, on the flip side, guys like Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. Obviously, he's hurt, but he wasn't planning to be the starter anyway. Um, when you take these four guys, uh, you know, do you feel like starting a quarterback, putting him right in the mix, whether you're on a good team, bad team, is that going to impact his career in a negative way um, in the long run? Or do you think, you know, letting him uh, get in that system as soon as he's there is, is only going to help him and give him that game experience that he needs? No, yeah, I think the second one, because we, and me and you, you know, a lot of people growing up, we have this notation or this thought that if you want to have a successful quarterback in this league, he has to sit for two to three years, learn the system, uh, you know, learn from the quarterback. And we just had that notation for so many years. But we've also seen uh, situations where I, I think it's just, if you can play, you can play. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. Because I mean, we have situation, two, two different situations. You have a situation like uh, Blaine Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard, I remember Todd McShay. I'll never forget this. When he was taken by Jacksonville, he said, oh, out of all the quarterbacks in that 2011 draft class, that he thought he was going to be the most successful and be set up for the most success. Right. In a draft class with Cam Newton, uh, Jake Locker, Ryan Mallett, Christian Ponder, all these guys, and to see, oh, Andy Dalton, and to see Blaine Gabbert years down the road, not even the league. But then you also have guys like Russell Wilson. They went and got a Mafflin in that offseason. He was said to be the starter. And Russell Wilson just played so good in preseason. They're like, we have to. Had to. Guy. And look what happened. He won the Super Bowl. Took him to another one. So, yeah, I, I understand the, the worry, like, such as, like, a Daniel Jones to, to throw him out now when the team is not solid. But you can only get better. I mean, honestly, let's look at Peyton Manning's rookie year. Who's thinking after Peyton Manning's rookie year, oh, yeah, of course. this guy's, guy's going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Nobody's thinking that. But it's growing pains. You, you have to. There's no way you just... I mean, yeah, there is some part of it that when you're sitting on the sideline right. and, and, you're, and you're watching but and you're talking to sitting, sitting the quarterback on the sideline, not to cut you off, mm -hmm. you're not going to just build the next Aaron Rodgers. You're but, not going to just build the next Patrick Mahomes. Like, these are generational ones in a freaking blue type of players. Right. Now, that's why I told you last season, as soon as, as soon as Lamar Jackson got drafted, I'm like, he will start. And he At should. At some point in time, he's going to And he should. There's and no it shows time. with good coaching, you know, and, and support from your teammates, that can go a long, long way. Obviously, when, you know, it's not looking too good, maybe the teammates don't support you as much, you're going in there with a negative head. Because uh, a quarterback is, a, is about mindset a lot as well. Um, but to say that Kyler Murray should sit a year 
to say I don't even think Dwayne Haskins should be sitting here. I think we spoke about this last week. I'm not sure, but perfect example. Why is Dwayne Haskins not starting? If the Redskins need to get better as a team, he's going to be their guy going forward. They're not going to win the playoffs or get to the playoffs this year, win the division. You know, why are we wasting his reps? He's going to practice. Yeah, I get it. But is he practicing with the ones? No. He's practicing with the twos. Is he gaining the report? Is he gaining the respect on field, literally on game day, showing that, you know, he doesn't have quit? You know, we're not going to learn anything about this guy until he starts his NFL career game one of the regular season. And to say that starting a quarterback as soon as you draft him and putting him in a bad position, like the quarterback position is all about being in bad positions and how you can make your team better from that, right? Like nobody's going into the game like, okay, this is gonna be the easiest for the quarterback. Like, no, it's never easy. The good and great ones make it look easy and the good and great ones take everything that comes with it. Obviously, coaching is where, you know, they don't have that control, but you, I don't see that, you know, playing somebody like Josh Rosen, even last year was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. And he came in after probably like two or three weeks, just like he's doing this year. And he had to take the job. Is he going to ball this year? No, but we've seen him make throws, right? Yeah. We've seen him make the plays. And that's my thing. Like, obviously the Dolphins have the worst offensive line in the league this year, but with the draft capital that we have and you basically going up to get him in, in last year, why not see what, what you're working with? Why not see what the potential is of Josh Rosen? And back to your Dwayne Haskins thing, with me, I feel like from what from what I've seen at least in the, in the, in the preseason, yeah. I think one year wouldn't hurt for the simple fact of where the Redskins are. The Redskins are kind of in purgatory for the simple fact of they're not really like they how know. long have they been in this purgatory though it's like a dolphins thing like redskins fans have every right to be mad like a dolphins fan as far as yeah they don't suck as bad as the dolphins right now but they're still not going to the playoffs and they're still not getting a top 10 draft pick top like i mean but it's all it's all like i mean we're not in you know obviously we're not with the team we're not at the facility but sometimes it is maybe it's a mental thing because i feel like uh, a lot of from what I saw from the Wayne Haskins when he was making mistakes that like he was really beating himself up Maybe he needs just that year of just Learning mm-hmm. what the NFL is mm-hmm. because I really don't think you with With Case Keenum at your quarterback. I don't think it's really uh, Such a bad thing until like Case Keenum like really starts losing new games right. Then okay, and then, then it gets to the point where all right, let's give him some reps and get him ready for next year but I think him you know sitting down and just observing mm-hmm. and really learning what the NFL is this year isn't such a bad thing but in the Giants case I think it's totally different for the simple fact that we've seen Daniel Jones have some success in the preseason a lot of yeah. success in the preseason and he looks good and not only that but we're hearing a lot of stuff out of the locker room and we're hearing a lot of stuff from the staff about how they feel about mm-hmm. him so it's kind of like in that situation I feel like it's like a why not right so I feel like yeah it can definitely benefit a quarterback to sit a year, yeah. but I don't think it hurts a quarterback to play that first year. Because at the end of the day, you're only, like, it's just like everyday life. You only get better from what you learn from, and you have to fail to grow. You know, like, you have to go out of your comfort zone to make something happen. You hear it all the time, whether it's you in your career or a quarterback in the league. And, uh, you know, Josh Rosen, and that's, and that's when Dwayne Haskins, yeah, they're not going to come in and, yeah. and 
Like, we don't expect him to be Patrick Mahomes. We don't expect him to be, you know, this, this, even Dak Prescott, his rookie year was a stellar rookie year. Man, we don't expect that. Fun. We want you to come out here. We want you to play. We want you to, you know, show that you can manage the game, show that we can trust you. You make good decisions, but you don't have to be, you know, pro bowl, all pro type of player in your rookie year. We want to make sure that you're mature enough to take this franchise for the future in the right direction, so. And sometimes, sometimes it is timing too, because like for example, like with Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, it felt like after a year they were ready to move on from Alex Smith. Right. Like, All right. And know, Alex Smith still had around. it that year. Like yeah. he still had it, so yeah. it wasn't like like if 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 you knew that Patrick Mahomes had the talent to just I mean, well, get him out of there. They went up and you know, traded up to get him. Right. You know. But you still knew you had to respect the fact that Alex Smith is taking you to the playoffs, and you know you give him that other that 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 next chance to try to do it again. Right. So. That's a, that's, that's a good conversation, though. Um, as far as the NFL, you know, with how last week went, we saw Jalen Ramsey, you know, arguing with Marone on the sideline, and it got really ugly as far as behind closed doors. Now he's asking for a trade. I think he played tonight, if I'm yeah, not yeah. mistaken. He yeah, played he tonight. Him. He's trying to put it behind him, you know, mentally, which is the smartest he's, thing he's to do. He's handling this the best way anybody can. Yeah, and um, he's he's taking the high road. He's a he's a good player. He's he's a he's a good guy. He's just very fiery and competitive, and he understands that. That's why he is taking the road he's taking and explaining himself the way he is. Um, uh, there's no backing up yourself when you're arguing with your coach on the sideline. That's why it's just hey, let's put it behind us. You know, it's not the situation where he's out there like, well, you know, you guys don't know what coach was telling me. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? He's not arguing anybody. He's not saying this guy was wrong. He's not putting blame on anybody. He's just saying, listen, it happened. We want to win. That's not happening right now. They're 0-2. I'm sure they're frustrated as hell. Um, they lost their quarterback for the season. You know, they're going to rely on this rookie Minshew. And, you know, Jacksonville's in a tough spot right now. So for them to, to all be in the best mental state, you can't expect it. And, uh, you know, player like Jalen Ramsey, the best player on your team, He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna have his moments. You know, this is not something we've never seen. You know, it's not like absurd. It's embarrassing. You know, and and it's very disrespectful to the organization and your fans. However, when you earn the type of money he's about to earn, you can kind of do a little more than the regular guy on that fifty-three. I mean, well, I mean, the interesting part is one, he has two more years left on mm-hmm. his contract. He's still in rookie deal. And two, he wasn't even the one that released the information that he wanted to trade, neither him nor his agent. So, from what from what I heard from him say is that after I guess after that whole sideline debacle, that he was hearing some things from I don't know if it was the staff or the front office. And then after you know hearing that, he you know he said he walked out and he called his agent. and said, "Yeah, my time up here in Jacksonville is done. It's over." Yeah. I don't know how you really come back from that, truly. Like, you can say, you know, we'll put it behind us. Um, You know, I want to do my best for the team. I just want to win. But it's got to come to a point where, hey, look what happened. Some things can't just be put on the back burner, swept under the rug. It's got to be addressed. And we saw it with Antonio Brown where he actually, you know, looks like he really just forced his way out of Oakland. Um, and used all his will to get out. He got out 
And you can tell that he wasn't remorseful. He wasn't, you know, let's put this behind me. He kind of, you know, stood up and, and, and answered all questions in regards. You know what I mean? He was being very personal with, with information he was releasing, which he still is to current day. Uh, but yeah, two, two similar situations handled completely different. I mean, we're seeing it more and more. It's becoming a more real thing of the holdout. You know, we've seen it from Aaron Donald. We've seen it from Zeke Elliott this year, Le'Veon last year. We're seeing the players trying to take the power in, into their hands and yep. trying to make the league and the owners see their their worth as, as they see themselves. And I kind of... It kind of reminds me of what we see in the NBA a lot. I mean, we see... You know, I mean, look at Paul George. Just mm-hmm. this Paul George yeah. mentioned, you know, he wants out, gets traded. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. We, it's you know, we see the players knowing their worth and they're they're trying to make the best because it's I mean, a short league. It's a I, short league. Yeah, I mean, you can't obviously you can't control where you get drafted, right? And especially in football, like it's it's a fifty-three man roster. I mean, and you know, somebody like Jalen Ramsey, you don't play offense, so. I mean, you got to think, especially from Jalen Ramsey's standpoint, you were just in the AFC Championship yeah. two years ago. Yeah. You were a couple snaps, a couple plays away from arguably going to the Super Bowl if you had a better quarterback. So it's way more, I can see it being way more frustrating in the NFL. But also, I think the difference is where, like uh, how I mentioned it earlier, that the NBA is just head and shoulders above the rest of the other yeah. major sports and that's how Adam Silver Yeah, it point best. it definitely points to the guy who's running the show. Yeah, and then it's just it goes back to the mindset of these owners just thinking that they own the players. Like you would never I don't think you would ever have a situation in the NFL where like for example happening you know, with the Steelers, they be one it up, okay. Maybe on okay, like it's good and yeah, these are Two top five players yeah. at their given literally, position. Literally. And they're just kinda like, all right. Well, like, we'll get a draft pick. Yeah, like you're not gonna be big at the team. But right. if, but in basketball, I mean a guy does it, you kinda like, eh, you know? I mean it's just because it's just so the the, the revenue and, and the rate, everything's just so player driven. Yeah. Like you like and I was having this conversation with somebody where you have a lot of people are either A uh, in basketball, a fan of the team because of a certain player. Mm-hmm. Like, I have one coworker, he's a fan of the Bulls because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then you have certain players where they did people just like how people, certain people are LeBron fans. I mean, I'm a LeBron fan too, but they're just only a LeBron fan and wherever he goes, right, that's their right. team. Where football, it's like, no, like, your team is your team. Right. Like, whoever comes and goes, like, it's your team. That's true. And it's too many coming and going, that's why as well, you know. In basketball, I mean, it just starts like you said. It's a 53-man roster, um, and and it's 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 just a different vibe throughout the sport. So, I mean, I don't even I commend the players because it's just it's just the sad fact. Like I said, obviously the football players should get paid more, but like we keep saying, it's just the sad fact of it being 53-man. It's, it's it's and it's also the mentality of the owner. Yeah, and it's not going to change. There's too much against going against, against them. yeah. Yeah, Roger Goodell basically saying no, it's my way or the highway, and these owners have adopted that. But Adam Silver's kind of like, all right, let's just have 
you know, I'm gonna treat the same respect exactly. to the owners and the players. Let's exactly. all sit at the same that table. That NBA Players Association has has a lot of, uh, you know, pool when they talk. You know, they're well respected. Chris Paul and those guys. But when it comes to the NFL, it's like, you know, whoa, 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 slow your roll. You know, what do you think this is, right? So, hey, hopefully that changes. You know, we were looking into, or not we, but I was looking into, um, they asked somebody, oh, they asked, uh, I think it was somebody else from Chicago and then Dwayne Wade. They were like, damn, would you own a piece of the Bears if you could? He's like, if we could, we would. Like, if I could, I would. So if we start seeing, like you know, when, uh, celebrities, like yeah, with P. Diddy and Steph. Yeah, so that'd be interesting if so. Um, let's kind of transition into the injury bug report that we've been talking about. Unfortunately, more injuries to come this week. Two key players, you know, franchise players, really. Uh, Drew Brees goes down six to eight weeks. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger finally has a wow. big Ben has fallen. And um, it was it was about time as far as when his body was going to give out on him because he, throughout his, what, 14, 15 years, whatever it is now, you know, he's he's taken his fair share of hits. He's given out hits. He's just stood in there and, and taken it all game. He's gotten hurt, played hurt. We've seen the heart of Ben Roethlisberger. That's not in question. What's in question is his elbow and his career. Is, is he done? You know, like, obviously, Daniel Jones started for Eli Manning says a lot. And I hope they don't do what they did when they put Geno Smith in and go back to Eli Manning. This is Daniel Jones' season. They understand that. Now, as far as Ben Roethlisberger, you know, this is Mason Rudolph's season. And, um, and, and I don't know if we see Ben Roethlisberger going forward, man. No, I think we will. And they, they made it, they made it a very apparent when when last year with the whole thing was like I said with Antonio the Lincoln, and the resign they, yeah they, they stood behind Ben and it's very much now I'm not necessarily saying the Steelers might want to move on from Ben what I'm saying is can Ben come back from this elbow injury mm-hmm. as the same quarterback and then once the Steelers see what kind of quarterback he is then are they going to kind of reconsider their thoughts. On Big well, ben. it's interesting. I mean, we say come back as the same quarterback, but what has Ben really been as of lately? You know, I mean, we, he's been... It's true. I mean, we've seen this team where Ben has kind of always had it made. I mean, when he first came to the league, he was given, put in the best... Hines Ward, Randall best L. I mean, besides Tom Brady, put in the best Bettis, for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, defense. Defense, load of pro bowlers and, uh, and hall of famers I mean, like you said offense san antonio Holmes, mm-hmm. heinz ward would it be jerome bettis and they always had an offensive line yep so and then later on as you know players start leaving the league and you know depleting then we see them okay they trans they they try to make the transition for ben as soon as possible so what they do they make it more Steelers have been more offensive mm-hmm. friendly for like yep. the past really three to five years. Yeah. And they still try to surround him with offensive Yeah, ever lines. since like Mike Wallace and um, Manuel Sanders were over there. Yeah, and, and, you know, and Antonio Brown. San Antonio Holmes even. Like when they won that Super Bowl, yeah. they were still, they were very defensive oriented. They still had a, a lot of great defensive players. But that was when you start seeing that, uh, you know, Big Ben 
has to start throwing that ball 45 times a yeah. game, you know, and they're not able to just run it down and throw it with a Menden Hall or with a Jerome Bettis. So, yeah, so this is really the first time in Ben's career I'd say he's playing on, I don't want to say they're a bad team, but a very... No, they're a bad team. They're a bad team. I mean, yeah, they're very their defense, under, under, they're, very their, their defense is not So good. Ben is really having to go out of his way and play. Last year was not, you know, a fluke. You know, they just missed the playoffs. No, the Steelers missed the playoffs, right? And Big Ben was a big part of that. We thought they were. Five interceptions in a game yeah. versus Jacksonville. Oh, um, the list goes on. Uh, we've just seen the drop off you know major and that was even while in excuse me antonio brown was there we, we started seeing some drop and that's why this whole issue that that you know started was about you know it's antonio's just, unhappy it's just, i don't see like as, while big ben is there i don't see them taking the root of because i feel like eli is different than, than roethlisberger so I don't see him being the really taken under the wing type. I see him being like, no, as long as I'm here, I'm, I'm the so, guy. So on Monday night, Monday night, because we were not, I say we, I was watching Monday Night Football, and I saw that Dolphins traded Minka. That was when I broke the news. Like, I wasn't even on my phone. I was watching Monday Night Football, and they broke the news. And I was like, wow, like Steelers, okay, the Dolphins can, you know, get a good draft pick with Mason Rudolph being the quarterback there. Um, but they also mentioned that Ben Roethlisberger came out and said he wants to up his role on the team as to like offensive assistant um, type of coach. And he wants to be a mentor for Mason Rudolph. When, if you remember when they drafted Mason Rudolph, he was, like you said, against it. And he was, you know, and he, and he's been playing like, the role of I mean, Joe Flacco. Yeah, you know what like I mean? Look how many backup quarterbacks. Look how many quarterbacks they've drafted that have come and gone. I mean, Josh Dobbs. I bet they wish they had Josh Dobbs backing up Mason Rudolph. Yeah, right so, now. I mean, Josh Dobbs. And then before that was uh, Landry Jones. Landry Jones, which I thought, which I thought was going to be. I thought he was going to be solid. And then before that was. I mean, Dixon from, from Oregon, <laughs> and then now we... Yeah. Dennis Dixon. Dennis, and then now we're, you know, and then Byron Leftwich, and then now we have yeah. Rudolph. So it's just, it's never really been, like I said, never been backup quarterback friendly. Like, you don't want to be a backup quarterback and go there because you're going to get buried. Yeah. And you know that it's it's up to Ben, you know, to put him up for you to get that PT, so... And, and another question I want to ask now, so with everything that's transpired between last year and now this year, and a lot of people, well, me especially, me included, thinking that this is the year that Ben Roethlisberger really had to show out because I have the team still behind me. Mm-hmm. Depending on how this season goes, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? So I think that Mike Tomlin is highly favored by his organization you know i think they have a deep appreciation for him and what he's done which they should he's a really great coach uh obviously things have been going south and maybe east and west not north for the steelers over the past two three years however uh, knowing that big ben has gone down knowing that you know front office really kind of try to put this trust in this team and not leaving on not a b I don't think that they're going to pressure Mike Tomlin this year. I think that they can give him at least one more year. And then after this year, going into next year, would be the tell-all of like, you know, 
how are we going to start looking at Mike Tomlin? You know, they've got their quarterback back, whether Ben comes back or Mason's their guy or whatever happens at their quarterback position. You know, they're going to expect because the standard is to win games in Pittsburgh as a steal, you know, no matter what, no matter if Ben Roethlisberger's hurt or not, Heinz Field wants to be rocking. It doesn't, it doesn't want to be, you know, oh, we have a backup quarterback, you know, but we know this, you know what I'm saying? We know the reality and we know that they're not going to go to the playoffs this year. However, as I said, front office Packers, they have that standard. So next year, there can't be excuse, dual excuse, right? I think one, something's got to give if after this year they figure out their quarterback you know who's going to be going forward and still can't get through to the playoffs and i think it's going to be tougher i think next year is when we're going to see tomlin be on that hot seat and and really probably get pushed off of it because cleveland you know they can really heat up they can start really gelling by next year you know we're talking by you know almost the end of next year and um we're we're only scratching the surface right now what lamar jackson could be so, speaking of him, regular season stat, a lot of people were very upset on Twitter um, and Instagram because Lamar Jackson is the first player with at least 250 passing yards and 120 rushing yards in a game. The NFL and Sports Center they came out with this tweet and the wording isn't very specific. Some people knew what they meant because when typical stats are posted like this, it's a regular season stat. Mm-hmm. Like if it's the playoffs, we'll talk about the playoffs type of deal. Um, so everybody took to Twitter saying, you know, Colin Kaepernick uh, threw for 200 something yards and ran for 100 something. And you guys are, you know, really trying to blackball this guy, which I'm not taking away anything from anybody's argument as far as blackballing Colin Kaepernick with the kneeling situation. However, jeez, like, let however, let them tweet. Yeah, however, hey, you're not really come on, bro. Case and every, yeah, and if you, even if you're trying to help or not, like, at the end of the day, first of all, we're talking about Lamar Jackson, right? This is a black quarterback who is balling out right now and was scrutinized for being the type of quarterback he was. He was criticized saying that he wasn't gonna, he might have to change positions to get more playing time. He's taken all this noise and turned it into NFL history. And this is regular season NFL history. Um, If he was to do it in the playoffs, is gonna tweet, you know, along with Colin Kaepernick, he's the only player to do it. It's a regular season stat, they didn't mention it. Twitter blew up. And everybody tried to go crazy saying, you know, they really don't want to give him credit. They really want to just make the NFL forget about Colin Kaepernick. And I just don't think that was the case there. I think that's a reach. And I think that people are just, you know, in their feelings about this whole Kaepernick situation, which is an unfortunate situation. But since we started this podcast, we've been talking about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Like, think it's time that we understand what the NFL did to him. It's not what they're doing. They did it. The NFL's over here. They're not thinking about them when they tweet. Lamar Jackson is the first player. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of just struck my nerve. Yeah, you said we've talked about it multiple, multiple times. There's really nothing else to say about that. I think we should get into these three games that we're going to preview. Let's start start at four let's start at four Seattle at home versus New Orleans 
this is actually a better game than it could have been um, in the sense that I think if Drew Brees is playing, I know Seattle's been playing pretty good and solid this year. However, um, you know, that Saints team to me would have would have went in and, and uh, did the work on Seattle. However, backup Teddy Bridgewater in Seattle is 2-0, uh, as I mentioned. I think it really gives them a good chance to um, to beat the Saints. Seattle, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. I, I would argue that Seattle was already favored in this predicament, even if Drew Brees is playing. Really? Yeah, but simple fact of one 12th man can't underestimate 12th man. But two, Seattle is, I think, going to fly under the radar with a lot of other like hot topic NFC teams, the right. Saints being one of them. But they're very foundationally solid on both sides of the ball. And Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate every year. And they, like I said, they really don't, even though they, and they quietly led the league in rushing last year. So they're not going to do anything. They really don't, besides Russell Wilson, they don't have any, well, and Bobby Wagner, they don't mm-hmm. have any Pro Bowl talent. Right. But they just kind of play the X's and O's better mm-hmm. than a lot of other people. They play sound football. They're well coached. Yeah, all that. Well coached. And I think they're in a position, of, even though in the NFC where we have, I mean, like you said, you said the NFC North is loaded. Um, you got the Cowboys. You, got, you still got the Eagles. The Eagles I think the Eagles will figure it out. Um, and then obviously, like we said, the Saints, and, we'll, we'll see, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the Seattle Seahawks are a team to look out for. This is, okay, okay. So, remember when. We were getting down to the last weeks before the season started. I was making my case that the San Francisco 49ers can possibly make the playoffs this year. Due to whatever reasons, it's looking better for them as the weeks go on. So we have Drew Brees out six to eight weeks. That's big. I don't think the Saints, you know, are are Super Bowl contenders anymore. I truly don't. Because I don't think over the next eight weeks they're going to win five, four games. I think they win three, maybe, but well, I'm not going to give Teddy, you... Teddy Bridgewater has to just go 500. But saying that is not as easy as doing it. Drew Brees, no, right. because the Saints are the type of team that it's not, you know, plug and play a good quarterback. Yeah, it's yeah. Drew Brees has that rapport with Alvin Kamara, with Michael Thomas, like... Sean Payton. And just the whole offense in general, it goes through Drew Brees. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. pl- he makes players much better than they are when we're talking about a Ted Ginn, when we're talking about a Meredith, you know, and, and things like that. Um, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater will be able to use Jared Cook as good as a Drew Brees. You know what I mean? So it's just going to be a that, big difference. Yeah, that, that's just the audibles at mm-hmm. the line. It's a see. whole difference. So yeah. what, what, I, what this thought was processed on was the fact that we were also talking about how the NFC South can uh, be the, the division with three playoff teams, right? With the Falcons, possibly, with the Saints, and with the Cardinals. And what we've seen from the Carolina, Panthers. Uh, excuse me, Carolina Panthers, what we've seen from the Panthers has been atrocious. Now they're going into week three. They've already lost to the Bucks. That's a divisional opponent. Uh, they're going into week three with... Kyle Allen, it looks like, you know, being a quarterback, Cam Newton's probably not going to be able to play with a foot injury. has nothing to do with his shoulder. Drew Brees is, you know, sitting out six to eight weeks with a ligament injury. Um, Falcons (laughs) better run away with this division. 
And and all of them Falcons through. better run away and with this with division. That said, I, feel, I don't feel like it's gonna be a runaway. I don't. No, it's it it probably won't, but they should. Like this is their time right now. I mean, should they win? Yes, but I don't believe in run away with it. I don't think they're gonna run away with it, but they should. Mm-hmm. Their mentality going forward has to be win as much games as possible while Drew Brees is out and while Cam Newton isn't Cam Newton and the Panthers are playing this way. Because when it comes to November, late, you know, early December, those games when Drew Brees might be back for for that second game, you know what I mean? Like, you guys got to really take advantage of this time right now, Atlanta, and, and show that, I mean, last week they put on a good effort versus one of the better teams in the league, you know, Philadelphia on Sunday night. I don't think they win this Sunday. Indy has a home opener. Um, I think the crowd is going to be crazy. We're not going to get into all that, but just the mere fact that this division now is, in a sense, wide open. It's wide open, and and it's it's weirdly wide open because the Falcons should win it by the way it looks right now, but you can see the Saints staying competitive without Drew Brees and then taking it taking it back when he comes and then you have the Panthers where they can go off and win eight straight games nine straight games after looking horrible or they can look great and then lose eight straight games so very very wide open it was just a funny point that I thought of you know thinking about the NFC South Uh, but I think we can agree uh, we got Seattle taking this one um and uh, what was what was the other game that you wanted to uh, talk about? Did you? Oh, KC Baltimore. So, what is it? The leading rusher, or the lead? The team with the leading rushers in the NFL is Baltimore, right? I think they're leading the league in, yeah, in rushing yards yeah, per game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got two running backs. <laughs> One glorified. Um, but on the other hand. Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdowns in the second quarter versus Oakland. 278 and 14 And that won the game. That was enough to suck the energy out of the stadium and just win the game. Yeah, that's a Clay Thompson uh, quarter. Basically. I, I think Oakland was playing a really good game up until, you know, they probably gave him that second touchdown. They were making it competitive. Um, but that just took all the energy. You see a team score four touchdowns in one quarter. Um, on the road, you know, there's there's not a lot of Washington. ways. Yeah, there's just and but you don't see the ways to really get back into that game yeah. as the opponent. So yeah, um, especially when it happens to the opponent at home. It's, yeah. it's sad. It's quiet. You yeah. were there week one, Baltimore. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's worth the exit. Uh, that's what that is. I think this is interesting. It's just real quick. So when we look at the AFC. We, everybody clearly, clearly has the, the Patriots coming out of AFC. Mm-hmm. Because the only team that's close enough within, like, possible, like, grabbing distance is the Chiefs. And that's just a real compliment to their high-octane offense right. of Patrick Mahomes. Because we know defensively they have nothing that can enable them from stopping the other team from scoring. Right. So this is an interesting bout in the sense that the well obviously the big team that we're talking about in the AFC, in the AFC North was the Cleveland Browns, and then now and the only question mark and we talked about it on the on here the only question mark we had was what's Lamar Jackson's sophomore year gonna look like? <laughs> and it's all and granted what's it looking like? Granted he did play the Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals, 
but I mean, he's making a lot of throws that he didn't last year, and that's saying something. Yeah, but we also say if he was playing the Dolphins and Cardinals and struggled, oh my God, you know, yeah. we'd be going hard on how bad he played. Yeah. He played two great games, one near perfect versus two one, NFL teams. Game, this isn't his third year. This isn't his third year. This isn't his, you know, he, this is his second year. Mm-hmm. Last year he came in. He got he because Flacco started last year, right? And then yeah. Lamar came in. Um, you know, he, he got the call. It was the Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it was the Baker Mayfield show in a sense. Um, not to take away from Lamar, but yeah, they they revolved the offense around him. They started running quarterback powers. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they literally did a whole yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. And Harbaugh, you got to credit Harbaugh for actually you know changing that playbook and catering to the quarterback. And making it as easy as possible. He's baby feeding them and in the best way possible. This is going to be a great game, I think, because, you know, Kansas City has trouble stopping the run. And Baltimore actually has a really good defense. Um, They're going to play arguably one of the most talented players in the league. Um, It's going to be a shootout, I think. Do you? I think it'll be a shootout because, granted... Um, Baltimore's defense is good. It's solid. I think it's right. top 10. But I just don't see enough. I think the key to Patrick Mahomes is the upfront pressure. And I don't think they have enough pressure up front in order to really make him think. Right. You know, and, and not just play. And if it's going to come out to a shootout like I think it is, I got to give the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th- I don't think it's going to be as but much I of think, a shootout. I think we'll see another notch another level of, of Lamar Jackson development. Right, right. Um, I do think he's going to give Casey's defense wits on Sunday, but ultimately, I think the Chiefs overpower um, you know, a lot of these teams in the league right now. Remember, if, they can, if they can stop the run, yeah. you know, if they can hold them to under, I'd say, 170 yards rushing, you know, between Mark and uh, Lamar, they should have it. But if Baltimore is able to really, you know, have some good defensive possessions, slow the game down, run that ball, get their defense tired, you know, it's a 1 o'clock game. It's going to be hot out. I see the Ravens with a chance, the Chiefs. So I see the Ravens. I mean, it's tough. You know, you're going in there. Well, last year when the Baltimore played the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, it came down to a fourth and eleven. That's by true. Holmes that you know, turned, you know, had them win the game. So this was. A good but Lamar game Jackson last. also had a really good game as well. Yeah, this was a good game last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, now that you have the the level up of Lamar Jackson's play, but it's gonna I, be tough. I, but I think it's just gonna be like another thing of. Mahomes just too good. He's just too good. Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. And then um, before we go, we'll finish up with the Sunday night game in Cleveland. Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, yeah. Monday night then Sunday night. Um, We didn't see the best game from Cleveland, you know, week one or week two. We haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen Cleveland really click. Uh, the Rams in week one didn't have the best game. However, they, they came out with that win. And then last week, uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup is looking really, really good, right? Yeah, coming, coming back and strong from, from Jared Goff's looking pretty good. Jared Goff's and Brandon Cooks is, you know, mm-hmm. still. And, I mean, the only question mark I have is, is are they going to turn into running back by committee? <sighs> I, I think they, they should. I, I think they should, in the sense of 
use Todd Gurley when you need him. And I don't think they need need him right now. They need him to contribute, but they don't need him to be the 20, you know, 20 touch guy just yet. Um, Cleveland, it's more of Cleveland, in my opinion, for this game where they have to figure it out. You know, they're going to be at home. The lights are going to be on and they can either come out like last week or they can be the Jets. You know, um, they walked the, the Jets at their you know stadium. And L.A. has potential but, but to really do the, the same thing. Worked, even the first half against the Jets team looked kind of... Iffy. Yeah, it was sloppy. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, it's like, yeah, they walked the Jets. They still struggled. Mm-hmm. L.A. is not the type of team to do that. And I think L.A. is more built for this moment as well. Oh, yeah. You know, than, than Cleveland. Cleveland, this might be too big. You know what I mean? Like, they were at MetLife last Monday night. And now they got to come home... And be the last game on Sunday night, and that's a that's a big task against everybody. Defending NFC champs, which I mean, looking at, I would argue that this Rams team is probably better than last year's. In the simple fact of you see a lot of uh, teams. I mean, we seen it with the Falcons. You know, when they played the Patriots, and happened the year after that. I mean, granted, it was a different circumstance. I mean, they right. were up. Right. And, and this, this game last year was just like, the offense going to get going. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rams and, and Sean McVay and Jerry Goff have taken that as a kind of, all right, now we know what we need to do. Now we know what it takes. Right. Like, now that we, right. Like, we can't mess up. You know? Yes. We know the formula. We got to yeah, get through. For them, it's Super Bowl or bust. Right. And they seem like they have the blinders on. Yeah. I mean, they like, got the talent to put yeah, those blinders they, on yeah, by all like means. They're like, Focus for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so yeah, I definitely have the Rams taking this one with, yeah, with, I mean, and then we don't even know, Joku is. Joku's missing a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. Broke his wrist, I think it was. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, they, they struggled obviously against the Titans, and they struggled in the first half against the Jets, down even down to their third string quarterback. Right. So they're still. Trying to figure it out, and this is all new. I mean, you know, yeah. this type of, like this of be growing, yeah. fame, this type of attention, and, and, and it's just like I said, it's just the timing that they're they're catching mm-hmm. the Rams. It's just like, and said, they got a rookie head coach going against Sean McVay. Sean yeah, McVay, who everybody else in the league is trying to, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna go um, L.A. taking this one on the road, going three and zero, strong start to the season. Yeah. Um, but I also got San Francisco beating Pittsburgh going 3-0 too. So watch for them in December. I'm telling you, I think they have a big chance with, to get with, into with these the Rams, playoffs. The Rams in Seattle, I don't see it. I see it. Just watch. I mean, but look, 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 look who they played thus far. That's true. I'm not. They played Tampa. I get it. Cincy. And now, uh, even with a Rossenberger, Pittsburgh, I mean, so then that, that kind of, you know, helps them. So whatever whatever way it works, if it works, that's all they're going to care about. So And all I uh, care about is Jimmy Garoppolo getting Kittle involved in this offense because my fantasy you hear that? is suffering. You hear that, Jimmy? Kittle, I know it's not your fault. So Jimmy G. I got Kittle too, so what's up? pull up. <laughs> I guess that's our closing note. So next week, episode 44. I guess that will be the uh, Obama episode. <laughs> oh, quick note. Yeah. Fun fact. So, Dolphins are playing Cowboys this week. And uh, the 
point spread is 21 and a half. And the Patriots are playing the Jets, which the point spread is 22. What's when you, you think it's over? Which one's under? I will take the Dolphins over 21. Not the Jets. Over 22. I'll take the Jets under 22. Safe bet, yeah. For sure. And, and, and yeah, I don't got to explain myself. <laughs> so, next week, tune in. Episode 44. This is episode 43. You can find us on Instagram at official. Or excuse me. Instagram. ATS Pod official. Twitter. ATS Pod. YouTube. All Things Sports Podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. Checking out. They won't respect you till you try. Hey, 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 Chomp. Shit, the rest on her arm uh-huh. But you know me a storm, me a storm. I stay flowers at all born But the hoe like it's pouring I get higher than the odds born I'm like couch up to torn Getting money is so important You thought I was done I can go on and on My cars are foreign I crack up and start soaring My heart is torn Shoot a movie like Barry Gordon The star was born My life is like a damn storm My life full of fun Ain't no one of my hoes born Motion there by the time Motion in there more alarm And he jeans with a gun Play with me it's a whole war Can't finish or done We got some but we come to get more Come to get more Hey, 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 hey,